Welcome to the Gill Athletics Connections podcast, the number one track coach focused podcast in the world. From time to time, we like to bring you rebroadcasted value added podcast episodes, some little bonus material, if you will, in between our awesome interviews from coaches around the world. This is just great friends of ours, the Athletics LLC, hosted by Marissa Chu, featuring Mouse Holloway, Chris Huffins, and Charles Ryan. This is a great gang. They operate on YouTube on Friday nights. You got to go be subscribed. We're so blessed that they would let us give you the audio version. So without further ado, Athletics LLC. You are tuned in. Athletics Double LC with Lamar, Lucius, Big League Chew, him, my man Clyde. <laughs> you are about to be schooled in all things track and field. This is experience. Yes, sir. We are talking past, past present, present, future. future. Y'all listen up. Let's go. Hello, people. Konnichiwa. I practiced that one all day today, FYI. Um, <laughs> I truly did. I truly did. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Olympic edition, Athletics LLC. Uh, I mean, if this isn't super remote, I don't know what is. So Lucius wins the crown, as if he didn't have the crown already, but super crown for remote locations. So anyhow, uh, welcome and thank you for joining us. Another fun episode of Athletics LLC. Um, uh, let's introduce the tiles as always. Lamar, opening ceremony, Huffins. How are you today, sir? I am feeling very Olympic today. <laughs> wow. <laughs> sir Lucius, good morning to you. Good morning. How is everyone today? I am well. And I know I'm going to regret asking this question, but how does one feel very, very Olympic uh, opening ceremony? You know, today I have really and truly wanted to focus in on the Olympics. I've been inundated with 9U baseball and lots of other wonderful things. And today, um, other than trying to uh, do a couple of things around the house so as to not get put in the doghouse, uh, I have been trying to watch. I watched some kayak, some canoe kayak today. Uh, I watched some team handball. Um, I watched two different types of shooting. And uh, I watched what has become my sleeper, like second or third favorite is I've been watching a lot of fencing. I actually watched half of a basketball, I watched half of a <laughs> basketball game that didn't involve the US. Oh. Yeah, you feel very Olympic for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. last but not least, Clyde, how are you today, sir? Um, I'm doing well, and I and I am waiting on memoirs from the village via Sir Luke. Yes, yes, know, right. Are Are you keeping notes? Because I, you know, that's one of the things. If I could go back, I really wish I would have kind of kept daily journals for those two sets of sixteen days, because it's, yeah. you know, there's there's some stuff. I, 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 I journaled in London. I didn't journal in in Rio because I was too angry. My words weren't good, so I stopped journaling. And, um, but I have journal. I have journaling here, so it's good. It's hey, good. The, the angry, the angry journals are not necessarily bad. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know what? Maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we'll we will uh, we'll let the audience get a a peek at a few journal entries when you get back. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. 
That sounds scary. <laughs> it depends on what day. No relay days. <laughs> oh, no, that's got to be the best. The relays are going to be off the chain. I'm calling it right there. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, um, let's get started. Let's get started. I'm super excited for this episode. I think this is a one that is for the record, record books, just for the simple fact that we're doing it through the Olympics with a very important person in regards to our Olympic team. Um, but just period. How exciting is this Thank time? Thank you all so, for the ceremonies for being that important person. We appreciate that. Got it. All right. Sure. So let, let's, let's, let's talk. Shout out to the Tokyo Wi-Fi though. <laughs> I know, right? It's not the China Wi-Fi, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yo, I know. Shots fired. <laughs> I love my people. I love my people. Um, let's let's talk about. I mean, as if there weren't any like bigger bullets to bite. But one um, A being the SEC melodrama of nighttime TV with OU and and uh, Texas trying to say peace out, Girl Scout, and uh, jump ship from the Big Twelve. WTF. Can I go yeah, first? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> we, we should let Lucius go first. But no, no, I think we should let we should let Lucius go no, first. No, no, no. I think I think you know, since you asked to go first, please do go ahead. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's hilarious. Um, I think it's hilarious, and I hate to say this this way because it sounds so condescending, but I think it's hilarious that the Big 12 didn't see this coming, right? Like, let's just do simple math. When you're, when you're out on the plains and it's you and the other gazelles, you don't have to be the fastest gazelle. You just can't be the slowest, right? Okay, there's five Power Five conferences, one of whom has the least number of teams, 10. That same conference has the least number of television uh, television uh, audiences, the same not, same low-end Power Five is, uh, it crosses a couple of, of um, timelines, so therefore can be picked by multiple conferences. So at the end of the day, when Texas A&M went to the SEC, I was at Oklahoma and I said, well, the Big 12 will not be for much longer. And everybody, of course, looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, this isn't tough math. Like they have to sell their souls to keep Texas and Oklahoma or else they're not a thing. And selling your soul just never works. So they made the deal with the devil. They gave Texas and Oklahoma double shares in revenue sharing and eventually, and let the, and let the Longhorn Network go specifically to Texas. And what happened in the end? They decided to go where they were going to go in the first place, to the SEC. And then, okay, so the Big 12, I mean, the Pac-12 is going to, ne going to next pluck, more than likely, the three Texas schools and Oklahoma State and create the Pac-16, which will be nice eight west and eight east, right? Or eight south, or, you know, or eight south and eight north. I mean, it's easy... With them, it's an easy split either way, right? And at the end of the day, this all leads up to Kansas, Kansas State, and and uh, uh, and Iowa State praying to God they can go to the Big Ten, and you know, and that'll be it. 
But what I find interesting is the AAC is lurking and the AAC is trying to figure out how they can replace the, the big 12 as a fifth power five. I find that interesting. Cause they got some, they okay. got some, some hardware, right? They got the AAC's got, they got Houston TV market. They got a Memphis TV market. Like they've got some TV market. So what, what, so you think it'll be the, so what happens to the ACC in your, in your, in your vision? I think the ACC is going to get West Virginia. Okay. And, and eventually, I, I think it's going to eventually end up with four, four of 16 and it'll be 64 and that'll be, you know, it'll be a, the, the, it, it will no longer be the power four, power five. It'll be the power group or whatever that is. I think eventually we're going to end up with four groups of 16. That's interesting. Well, I, I'm, I'm not going to deep dive into it like that, but I just think that that was very well stated, sir. I think that, you know, what, did the, what, what does it do for the, the SEC? I mean, obviously, football gets better um, as long as Oklahoma stays where it is. Texas gets where we, everybody thinks they should always be. Um, basketball helps a little bit. Track and field gets kind of nice, right? Um, not sure what it does for the other sports because I don't follow the, the Big 12 that closely, mm -hmm. but you know, I think that from uh, an excitement standpoint, it definitely adds some some excitement, some you know anticipation for whenever this is really going to happen as to what the dust is leaving a lot of sports. And I know swimming gets a lot better, right? Because Texas' swim team is good, and tennis and stuff like that. So I think that for me, um, being in the league. I'm excited if they're really coming because I think it makes the league better. And as long as we're going to get better, I'm good with it. I don't know how it affects the track meet in terms of entries because there'll be a lot of good people. And I'll have to put a cap on the number of people you can actually enter into the competition, that kind of thing. But for me, I'm excited. I'm interested to see what happens with the Longhorn Network. Uh, I don't know how you can allow Texas to keep the Longhorn Network. Because if you do, then oh, there's going to be a uh, a roll tide network, or whatever you want to call it, right away, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> your Nick Saban is like, oh, we're getting we're getting the network they got, right? And I can imagine it might should, network might show up in games role as well. So should be interesting to see how that all rolls out. But I, hey, I think it's it's great. Um, I like uh, opening ceremony ideas about how the conferences could shape up. I think the Big Ten gets the short end of the stick on that one with the teams they get to inherit. But uh... but I think those teams work for them, though. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at the Big Ten, they're, they've always been different. They're always going to be different. And they just work on the, you know, they work under the eyes of, of old money, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Right? And, and so, like, honestly, adding three Midwest teams, like, doesn't hurt them. Right, no, you know, no. you, you create you create two more rivalry games. Iowa State can play Iowa and Kansas, Kansas State. It then becomes a Big Ten rivalry. And it just is what it is. And, and they, they have some, some sports within those three teams that help the Big Ten get better. You know, mm -hmm. and, and those teams, when you come to the track and field standpoint, those three teams are built for the Big Ten. Because yeah, the Big Ten and the Big 12 meets are very similar. So. I mean, if you think about it, right, if you add Kansas and Kansas State to Big Ten basketball, Big Ten basketball becomes SEC football, right? Like if there's if those sixteen teams make up the Big Ten, twelve teams of the Big Ten every year will make will make the sixty four big sixty four 
uh, team tournament, just like there will be 12 baseball teams from the SEC for sure every year in the 64 in baseball if you add Oklahoma and Texas. So, like, in a lot of ways, though, like, those two parts of it align. West Virginia kind of is getting hosed. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I think what may happen, right, because if you add those three, then the Big Ten has 17. And I could see a Rutgers-West Virginia back to the ACC. And I'm going to ask Clyde to speak to this one. Like, Clyde, do you think this expedites the, the expansion of the, what you call not college football playoff system? <laughs> it, it absolutely, it absolutely better. Like, <laughs> right. It, whole, I, I too find, I too find this whole conversation that's been going on the past couple of days about this expansion. The Lamar said the right word, hilarious, because there's so much pretending going on right now. Let's be clear, it's already done. They're going. Okay, all this other crap is just PR for legal purposes so people don't get sued and lose money. It's done. They're going. They've been working on it for six months. It's happening. Now, how fast officially it moves, you know, all of that will get itself worked out. But like, there's so many, there's so much of this that I find wildly entertaining. Like the whole saga of A&M being left out of the loop. It's like A&M woke up and realized, like, you should be lucky to be in the league in the first place. They don't really rock with y'all like that anyway. Like, it is what it is. <laughs> so, you know, for me, like, you know, what, what's one of the SEC staples, right? The Paul Feinbaum show, which I never watch because it's annoying. But he's very good at what he does. And because all of this was going on, I just had to listen in for a couple of days. And I'm hearing all these Austin people calling in being Texans, being Austin, like the SEC, quote, the SEC now runs through Austin. Really? I'm, I'm certain they believe <laughs> like that because that's how Texas gets down, right? But oh. it's, it's so funny. It's so loud. You know, that's a real quote. No, sir, that was on the show that I live on TV. That happened. Live on TV, that happened. It was right. uh, Austin. Have you met Tuscaloosa? Hello, <laughs> hey, they don't care, they believe what they believe, right? So, oh, man. you know, for, so yes, to answer the question, yes, it this absolutely should get us one step closer, if not snap our fingers to having a legitimate college football postseason for the first time in history of the country. That would be awesome. Let's do that. Um, what it means for the other sports, when, when the expansion tournament or, or the expansion hunger games, as I, as I like to call them, started happening you know, a few years ago, I, much like Lamar, was on the page of, look, y'all can do this any way you want to. Ultimately, what we're heading towards is what I call the Super 64. <laughs> Hour four, 16 teams across the way, hopefully, regionally segmented so it makes some kind of sense on paper right and and for me ultimately the official break off or the official middle finger or the official death of ncaa control over the 64 which the supreme court very conveniently just threw the bomb into a couple of weeks ago anyway 
So oh, it's, yeah. So th this is happening. So, you know, you can you can complain about it. There's a lot of people doing that. Or you can just accept reality and, and get on board and understand that business is business and, and money moves it. <clears throat> and this is ultimately the where it's going to go. I'm currently in the in the Pac-12. You know, when I was in college, it was the Pac-10. It's going to be the Pac-16. You know, like it, it's going to happen. So, you know, cool. Like, I mean, it was the Pac-8 before we were before we were competing. Right. And I mean, you know, so let's just let's just move on. Let's evolve, and hopefully, as this evolution shifts, the people who are in charge and making decisions can do it in an intelligent way where everybody benefits and y'all know me, ultimately what I would like to see out of all of this, since it's all being driven by money anyway, I would love to land in a reality where the kids get taken better care of and the coaches get better compensated. And I ain't talking about the football coaches, but that's, <laughs> you know, that's high, you know, that's, that's high wishes. And, you know, who knows if it actually goes that way, but you know, it's just it's just hilarious to sit back and watch everybody freak out. What I what I love about it, right, is like so there's three campuses I can think of right now that that, that there are people who are running around freaking out. One, Oklahoma State, because they could easily get left out of they could be left without a chair. Yeah, right? chairs for sure. Like, okay. <laughs> Bo Bo Boise State long 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 assumed they were going to end up in the pac-12 right well if they take the three schools from texas and oklahoma state boise state doesn't have doesn't have a chair if they take the three schools from texas and boise state oklahoma state doesn't have a chair right and so i find that i find that dance interesting wait, and then the, and then then the place there's another, there's another there's another chair in there from a football tv optics point byu for sure, right? But BYU has has long since overplayed their hand and they're about to find out how badly because the problem is Notre Dame. Notre Dame is going to be the centerpiece of, a, of the ACC because the ACC is going to pay the, whatever King's Ransom Notre Dame requires to get them locked in for football. Sure. Right? And then they're going to probably take West Virginia. Right. Well, BYU, just like just like Boise State, they don't fit. So only one of them can go to the Pac-12 unless they figure out how to do that right now. And I don't see it happening. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because the three Texas schools that are that will be left. Right. What is that? TCU, um, Baylor. Baylor and Texas Tech. Right. They all make sense to go to the Pac-12. Now, I mean. It could be weird, and maybe those three go to the Big Ten. I don't see it, right? The other three schools, Kansas, Kansas State, and Iowa State, like, those are seamless fits in, into the Big Ten. Now, the problem is the Big Ten has 14. So, like I said, I could see Rutgers – I could see a situation where maybe Rutgers ends up in the ACC, but at the end of the day, I, I, I think it's going to all figure itself out. But I think that there are people – in Boise, Idaho, there are people in Stillwater, Oklahoma, and people uh, up in South Bend, Indiana, who are doing who are doing like this right now. Like, I'm just not sure what's going to happen. Now, Notre Dame, at least their hand wringing is they don't know where they're going to end up. For sure, they're going to like they're the crown jewel of the, you know, 
they're, they're the hot thing next to come off the board. Next draft pick. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> definitely, they're, you know, they're, they're the number three pick, right? Oklahoma and Texas were a, they were a, they, and what I think is funny is that how many people have never realized that Oklahoma and Texas have always been a package deal. They were a package deal in the big 12, in the big 12. Yeah. And having worked at Oklahoma, I can vouch for that. They have always been a package deal. That's why A&M left because A&M and Oklahoma State, like they would, they could never sit at the lead table because those two partnered up. <laughs> Going to be fun. Yeah, be it'll fun. be interesting how that all ultimately unfolds. Uh, the big eye-opener was, for me, was the $76 million for each institution, <laughs> each institution to get into the SEC. And, and you know what, and that, and yeah, when that came out, a whole bunch of people were like, oh my God, that's, at, I'm like, that is pennies right? compared to the other side of this deal. Like nobody cares. And they got five or six people that'll write that check for them right now. That's it's not so, like he's going to pay that bill anyway. So, that is so Chew, you, you got to understand, look, by the time, look, when they, when we get the four groups of 16, one year's revenue share from the SEC network is going to be $76 million. I mean, because look, right, right now, I don't know what the SEC's is. I know it's just slightly behind the Big Ten's, but the Big Ten's revenue share for the Big Ten network is moving to sixty-four million. I think. What sixty-two See, how, million? Yeah, like I'll stay in regards to mental right now. I'm good at the kitty table. <laughs> that's 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 a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. Let me, let me just stay with my little plastic chair and my fold-out table. Um, before we move on, I want to say yeah. this because Lamar, Lamar brought it up and it's, it's, it's apropos. The, um, the what is known as the G5, the group of five conferences, mm -hmm. they better get themselves together. They better get on the phone. They better start having conversations because don't think for one second that all Division I is moving at the, in, in the same direction. Guys, that, that's dead. That, that's that's as do as close to doa as you can get and so the g5s need to you know work together to preserve whatever it is that they want to be moving forward because this this super 64 train this power four train is moving and they're not going to slow down for anybody and that me personally as a person who comes from small school world i'm not scared of that if everybody understands the mission but if they don't, it's going to get really ugly. Yeah, that was that was going to be my question. Is like they they have to they have to define a mission. They have to figure out a path because if they don't, they're gonna they're already being left behind. Now they might just be left sitting in the, in the curve, you know, like right. whether the curve. Yeah. I, I mean, because you're absolutely correct. It's going to be a, this huge divide. Though. It's just it's going to get bigger. If they don't secure. So let's say we go to 12, right? If the group of five doesn't secure two spots, they are for sure, count it, write it down, say Lucia said it. I mean, say Lucia said it. Yeah, actually that works. <laughs> <laughs> they, they will for sure lose Houston, Memphis to the ACC. Because if they don't secure two spots in that 12 team playoff, then for sure Houston and Memphis will do anything and everything they can to partner with the ACC to help move the ACC to 16 because the ACC has how many currently 
13? Do we, if we count Notre Dame, I you can't count Notre Dame yet. So I think it's 12. Is that so right? So Notre Dame would then be 13 because they're in for everything but football. So that's somebody, somebody's at some point in time going to have to buy them out of their NBC contract. At the end of the day, that's what's going to come She's got your number for you. It says that the ACC has 15 members. 15? Yes. Woo! Wow. So is that including Notre Dame? Um, I'm checking that right now. I'm trying to make sure I pick a uh, click on the right thing. Because I know that they compete in the ACC and everything ex exclusively except football. Right. Okay. So um, that is not including Notre Dame. Oh, they got a problem then. They got a huge problem because hey, Notre Dame's going to come off the board to them. I'll say musical. Oh, chair. no. I lied. I lied. They're on the list. They're on the list. Huh? So if you if you just do simple math, right? If you just do simple math, Texas and, and Oklahoma go to the SEC. That gives them 16, right? If Notre Dame goes to the ACC, that gives them 16. There's already 14. In, she, said, she said there's 15 that gives them 16. So they got one with that. Okay, so the ACC has one spot, right? Right. And, and there's four teams left in the Big 12 the two Kansases, Oklahoma State and West Virginia, that are going to be trying to occupy those three spots. The two are left in the Big Ten and the one in, and the one in the ACC. We so if it. all of those things happen, right, none of the AAC of teams spots. are going to, right. None of the, so first of all, you got too many power five schools already for the spots that are available. That's problem number one, right? And so with the AAC group, I understand what they're thinking, but what they really should be thinking is secure two spots of the 12. Because then at least you know for sure you get a chance to eat at the big boy table. Because if they get shut out of the 12 in the football playoff, they're done. Yeah. It'll be interesting, folks. It will be interesting. always a big, political, hilarious elementary school game. It ain't elementary school anymore, but it's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, and I'm peeking at the AEC alignment. Very interesting. Oh, you know, that, that'll make your head spin. Don't, don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't go there. <laughs> don't yeah. The AAC's all over the place. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, no. Well, don't, don't yeah, do that. that, word to the wise, don't do that. I Googled it. You're good. <laughs> so um, let's talk a little more about something else that's pretty confusing right now. And maybe not so confusing at all after we talk about it. Um, it's a thing that we call men's basketball in the Olympics. You might recognize it. Um, they take a ball, they dribble it. There's five people on each team. Um, usually the ball goes in the hoop more often than not. Let's talk about what's going on in the Olympics because uh, as many have said, it doesn't look like what Team USA looks like or should look like. Um, what are we seeing? <laughs> what is going on? Ooh, can I first on this one? <laughs> Look, um, this is also hilarious to me. I am wildly entertained by the woes of Team USA men's basketball for a few reasons. One, like the football issue, everybody's lying. <laughs> and I don't understand 
why everybody thinks they can just step out and lie. I love Greg Popovich. I think he is a Mount Rushmore of basketball coaches. I love the man on the court. I love him off the court. But he is embarrassing himself every time he steps in front of a microphone on these particular issues because he's making excuses and lying. The team's just not very good. And the world has become significantly better. Like both things can be true at the same time. The 92 dream team, greatest team ever. We all agree on that. But they were also playing a laughably inferior opponents all over the globe. No, they're not that inferior anymore. Like basketball is much more international these days. Hell, international players are dominating the NBA for real. So it's like these teams are good that they're playing. And let's be real. They care more about it than our team seems to. I watch the games. They do not seem involved at all. They seem very aloof. KD looks horrible. And since he's supposed to be the best player on the planet, I expect when the team is up by five with, you know, two minutes left, the KD might be able to get something done. He out there missing jump shots. They're a bad team. They're too small. The international team's got real big people. They're getting pushed around, they're getting punked, and the scorers ain't scoring. So personally, if we take a humbling L or don't meddle at all, I know we blew out a RAN today, but I mean, Jesus, if you can't beat a RAN, just get on the plane and come home. So whatever happens to them, I think, I think they kind of deserve it right now. And I'm entertained watching the struggle. Lucius, would you like to go or would you like me to go? No, I, I would. I would like you to handle that because I, I want to hear this. I think, I think I'm well, gonna this, cross this, my legs. <laughs> yeah, this this is this is gonna this is gonna be good. Um, so I, just for the record, I want everyone to to hear this. I know that we can't bet because Clyde has an NCAA job, but I have challenged him off the off off the record to a twenty dollar bet about the USA men's basketball on several you can't occasions. You can say that out loud. Now I, it's not I, He record. won't take, no, right. he, he won't take the bet. Okay. He declined yeah. the bet. That was yeah. my point. Oh. I just okay. want people to know where I stand. I firmly believe that what Clyde has done is fallen prey to the, the smoke screen. Look, the, the, the US men's basketball team is made up exclusively of NBA players. They have all been playing basketball pretty much for two straight years. So if the game doesn't mean something, they ain't going to play very hard. So that is how I whitewash the exhibition losses, and I don't care. The loss to France was caused by three things. One, three players who are going to play significant minutes literally got off the plane and went and played. Two. They played hard for three quarters, thought they had the game won, sat folks, stopped making jump shots, took way too many jump shots, so they took an L. But they took an L to a team that they know is going, they're going to face in the knockout round, and they know that everybody else in their, in their pool, they should beat as long as they can learn how to play dead, so they're going to make it to the knockout round, and it doesn't matter whether they're the one or the two seed from their pool. Three, and this is the part that makes the most sense to me. At the end of the day, the team with the most NBA stars is going to win. And 
I firmly believe, I firmly believe that an NBA team that has Damian Lillard, KD, Devin Booker, and all the other pieces that work, right? Those are, to me, those are the three superstars, right? Like, those are the three guys where I'm like, take that shot. It should always go in, right? But Draymond Green's job is Charles Barkley's job from 92. Like, just go rebound and beat people up. And guess what? There ain't anybody on the planet better at that than him. Right? Middleton is a problem for everybody. Drew Holiday is a problem for everybody. Drew Holiday so played I, great in France game. Great. Yeah. For, for a few minutes, for sure. And my point <laughs> is, my point is, I am, look, I, I am a firm believer that the USA basketball team is doing everything they can to make sure where they make sure they're where they need to be to then play hard for four games to win. Cause when they get to the knockout round, they got to play hard for four games. So right? they play the Czech, they, they play the Czech Republic next. Anybody we just named plus the three people on this screen will beat the Czech Republic in basketball. Oh my gosh. No, it's true. <laughs> hey. So I just want to be clear. You are saying, in a nutshell, that they're casually sandbagging their way through and are going to hit the gas. That's what you're saying? Yes. Cool. I also want to be clear. I didn't say that they're not the best team. They are. I didn't say that they're not going to meddle. They better. <laughs> Whatever happens to them, I will laugh and say they deserve it if they don't. Wow. Well, so, you know, I'm going to address both sides of this coin and I'm going to start with, with Clyde's side of it. I, I don't think that anybody, I mean, if you know Popovich, oh, he's setting you up for something. This is, this is Pop, he's always whining, well, you know, and then all of a sudden they're, they got like eight rings, right? That's what, that's what Pop does. So I don't put any, any credence in what that people he's setting you up. Um, to Lamar's point, uh, I, I again the, the travel. Trust me, I took that flight. It's, it's tough, <laughs> right? And to the other side of it, um, I'm not as big a KD fan as some are, and I'm not sure that KD is that superstar that people want him to be, the leader they want him to be. I don't think his career has shown me that. So if when we win this medal, it's going to be because it's a team effort, and and because we have a coach who can put the team together and get them in the positions. I think Draymond Green is a guy that is a catalyst because of his energy, because of the things he can, you know, the, the he can wreak havoc on any any game whenever he decides to. So, actually, we lost to France, though. Um, am, I, am I throwing up? Uh, oh my God, throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Absolutely not. We're going to be fine. Uh, well, I believe as Lamar does, that we're going to win the tournament, and, and we'll figure it out. But. Uh, we, we, we do have to play a little more, a little more pride and passion before it's all said and done. Because if we don't take the rest of the world seriously, because as Clyde said, they are out. It's unbetter. Uh, we will get beat. And But also to your point, I don't care how good the rest of the world was. They had no shot in <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because that because wasn't NBA. That wasn't NBA player. The rest that was the, a Hall of Fame. The, the, rest of the, the rest of the world today gets destroyed by the 92 series. Those guys were just, and they, they, they live to embarrass people. That's what it is. 
Well, and so so to that point, like that's that's kind of okay. Like people people forget, or or you know, depending on if they're young enough, aren't aware of of the genesis of that whole thing, right? We never used to send our professionals until we took some losses and was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The world thinks they're better than us at basketball. We're not actually trying. We're sending the children. You want us to try? Okay, here you go. You get the dream team. And the dream team, not only the best team ever assembled, but came with a purpose to embarrass all. Yes. And then the 96 team still had a lot of that mentality. And over the years, that mentality is kind of waned. It's, it's come back down again. You're right. Yeah. This crew, I see no evidence of going out there trying to embarrass people. They look like they're going out there to try to do the minimum effort possible to do get the job done. And that kind of mentality is not going to serve us well when you have NBA stars on the other teams playing with the ultimate pride. Like, listen, Luka Doncic wants this gold medal more than anybody on Team USA does. But he doesn't have a team to do it, though. He may not. But He's try. I'm just saying. <laughs> If they if they don't lock themselves in, if they don't have the ability to hit the gas, like it's all just so cute, if they don't actually have that ability, it's going to become real embarrassing. And I don't like in any sport, if you don't go in with the proper mentality and therefore get embarrassed because of it, that's on you. And I, I I'm rooting for Team USA, but I also will enjoy laughing at their expense because the way they're going into it is not respectful of the competition. And that's a problem for me. See, I said this to Lamar. Oh, I promise you some of them cats got phone calls. Oh, oh Michael called, Magic called. For sure. LeBron called. Oh, like, oh, there, there's been some phone calls like, y'all better get yourself together. Trust me. The, 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 the old heads are like, you're not embarrassed. Like <laughs> and, and, and look, Raymond Green is literally my favorite player in the NBA. Has been for a couple of years. But Draymond's skill set is not to put points in the hole. Like that's not his job. So But that's why he works perfectly for international basketball. No, absolutely. But the people <laughs> whose job it is to put the ball in the hole, they got a job that right now. And so they'll, they'll get it. They'll, see, again, Pop is absolutely on my Mount Rushmore. He <laughs> will get it figured out. And trust me, all that whining he's doing, he just said, no, don't, don't believe a word. No question. Don't do it. Oh, yeah, we're a little banged up. Remember, he was arresting people and getting fined for it. And, you know, it just, it's fine. And then all of a sudden, they're the NBA champions, you know, two or three years in a row. So, yeah, that's what, that's what popped up. All right. It's going to be, it's going to be all right. It is. Um, for the record, I'm a shooting guard, so we're going to be all right. The tiles on the screen. So maybe, all right. maybe, maybe, we, maybe we can get these families to recruit you as a recruit. For the audience, I want to be clear. And Chu, you have to answer this as well. Uh -oh. I want to be clear. As it pertains to USA men's basketball, it is gold medal or bust, right? Anything else is a failure, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Okay. Agreed. Okay. Cool. Yes. Like, I don't know that I ever even. Like literally until you just said that out loud, I didn't even like. There's no silver, there's no bronze. Is there another medal? Like when it comes to basketball, like we didn't know that yeah. medal existed. Right? I, don't know. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just weird. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't want to. <laughs> you know, you know, if there's some other metal that they get, <laughs> people, somebody is going to be out there like, hey, they did a great job. They got no, 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 no. <laughs> you can leave that in Japan. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Leave that right so, here. Those, those medals can sit right next to the 72 Olympic basketball team silver medals that they never collected. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, let's segue and, and stick with the Olympic fun, uh, literal fun at this point. Um, what are your favorite favorite Olympic moments thus far? Oh, I want yeah, to I want to hear Lucius's first. <laughs> I mean, I, okay, so like my first my favorite Olympic moments actually have been away from the athletics part of it, just walking around the village here. And you got the old heads who are walking around like, I'm not do this again. And you got the newbies who are just bouncing off the walls. Like the first couple of nights in the dining hall, it's so loud because they're oh, so bet. excited. Between, between being so excited to be here, between the sugar high for all the food that's in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that on top of the sweet deprivation that they're, they're suffering from. It's just been amazing to watch the, you know, not, not just the U.S. kids, just the, 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 all the teams. You know, that's the thing that people understand about the Olympics. Like we're, like we have a uh, basically apartment complex that we live in. And it's all the U.S.A. teams are in. Yeah. So, and because there's because of the COVID stuff, like people can't go out into the city and get their own places to stay and all that stuff. Everybody has to be in the village or you can't participate. Right? So it's uh it's been fun to watch. Uh, it's been fun. To and this, as far as uh, the other stuff goes, like, um, I, I've, I've enjoyed watching some of the swimming stuff, you know. Um, I've, I've been diving a lot to a lot of stuff, but, you know, seeing what's been going on with swimming has been exciting to watch this. Who's that? Oh, I'll go. Um, <laughs> mine is, uh, oof. So my, my favorite moments are, are real simple. Um, two of them are things that have happened there that never happened before. And the third is a, is a thought. And so my, my, uh, my two that have happened there are things that have never happened in the history of the world. And I'm a fan of all of those things. Um, I believe her last name is Kiefer. Please, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But the first female to ever win, I want to say Epi. I don't know if it was Epi or Foil. Yes, I've been trying to get my fencing on, but the first female, U.S. female to ever win gold, first of all, she was the first female to ever make it to the medals, and she finished the whole thing, and I actually, as I told Lucius this, uh, Sir Lucius, uh, I happenstantially watched her quarterfinal match. Um, I then pseudo-intentionally watched her semi but I was locked in for the final, right? And you would have thought I knew exactly what was going on. I definitely don't, but I'm, I'm here for it, right? It was awesome. And, and the raw emotion of somebody who wins a gold medal that they didn't think they were gonna win, that nobody thought they were gonna win, and the first one that the country of the United States has ever won, because you know, like we, we don't win, there ain't too many new things ever for us, right? Like we've won most things. The raw emotion of that was amazing. And then like eight hours later, I watched the first female uh, American win a gold medal in Taekwondo. And trust me, 
she looks like a hooper. Like she's like 5'10 and super long, like not what you would think at all. And she's, you know, very Anglo-Saxon. And I was like, you know what, kudos to her. Cause I know for sure, just the way our country works, she has faced people telling her, stop doing that or do something else all her life. And I thought that both of those moments were absolutely amazing. My last one is this, and it's a combination of things. I've been watching US, US rugby and they, and look, I don't know another way to say it, so I'll say it like this. They got, a, they got a bunch of brothers on the team now that used to play football and they play rugby a little different and it's awesome, right? Like, they're like, oh, I can run an under round and nobody's gonna blow, like blow my head off and they are killing folks, right? They're three and oh in, in, uh, in their pool play so far and I'm here for it. But that makes my light bulb go off for this. Roll over and show my underbelly. My favorite non-track and field sport to watch in the Olympics is team handball. And for the life of me, a sport that is some kind of conglomeration of hockey, basketball, soccer, and dodgeball, and water polo, right? It's some conglomeration of all that. We should dominate. <laughs> not good at this at all and I'm sorry we should dominate this sport like I watch the Danes who are phenomenal and I'm like bruh no chance I I, can, I guarantee I could get 12 people that I know from my sporting life that would dominate this friggin' sport <laughs> so at the end of the day watching watching what's going on with rugby lets me know if we get some urban youth team handball programs together uh, when when the games come to 2028 at the house, we win in all of that. Wow. He is not wrong on the so, hand. wrong at all. <laughs> I'm going to say this much. We actually, so I used to be a former PE teacher. I, oh, I, I was a PE teacher. And we actually teach that as a unit for team sports. So it's trickling, but we got to keep, I mean, having taught in the inner city, we got to get kids to come to class and stay in class in order for them to learn it. But nonetheless, it is actually a PE unit as part of team sports. So Clyde. Handball, we could get it done. <laughs> oh my God. I have a lot of similar things here. Um, first of all, I love handball. Watching handball at the Olympics is dope. Um, it's it's my, my, like everybody's big three, right? Track, swimming, gymnastics, right? outside of that little bubble the handball is like that's my thing like i, I like watching that and 100 it's dope 100 when i watch handball i'm like why didn't anybody teach me how to play handball <laughs> i would murder people in handball. murder <laughs> you know what i mean like so that that is absolutely something that we need to invest in um you know figure it out we, we should be getting medals in, in team handball. We just should. I'll, whatever we got to do, coach some coaches, whatever, whatever it is, like make it happen. Um, no question. Po poach, poach the best coach we can find from Europe, put together academies in all four quadrants of the country. I promise you 2024, we will be top eight in the world. 2028, we will win the gold medal. Promise. I do not disagree. Um, outside of that, I mean, and, I'm going to say this because it needs to be said. It's been hard to find my favorite moments because let's be real, the coverage sucks. 
Now, Lucius, you're there in live in person. You got your own experience. A couple of weeks ago, I specifically, and we talked about like, it's going to be a huge TV show. Like, hopefully they can, you know, up the ante. It's the worst I've seen. Like, I'm. Well, I don't I'm, know if it's the worst. Bro, yeah, it, I don't know what's going on over there, but like, coverage is bad. Where, where we are, there's not a. There's not a TV here, so what I've been doing is I come home at night after you know practices and meetings and all that stuff, and I just go to the internet and I rewatch stuff. That's how, that's how I'm keeping up with it. No, and, and know, I'm, I'm, I, I I YouTube swimming every night. Oh that's right, and yeah, yeah, everything goes to YouTube. So yeah, that's actually the best way to figure anything out is jump on YouTube. Yeah. That's <laughs> exactly. like, the coverage is not awesome, and. And the other, and, and I'm gonna tell you the main reason the coverage isn't awesome. It's the Olympics, right? I understand that we're in America, and I understand because we're in America, the coverage is gonna slant towards the American narrative. But they're not showing anything that's not American for real. Like it's like on, on NBC. You are correct. On set, like so for us, yeah. the NBC 17, like that of the five channels we have that show the Olympics, that's the least. That's my least least favorite to watch is yeah. the NBC channel. Right. And so that's like, that has been disappointing. So it's hard for me to catch everything. I'm on YouTube half the time. Right. But it, yeah, for me, the, the single best thing, um, honestly, uh, the thing that made me smile the most was actually the, the women's team gymnastics finding a way uh, to, to revamp and, and get silver. Because in that moment, people got to understand, like, some of those girls weren't even planning to be on said apparatus and they got immediately instantly tossed into it who I like like that's a ridiculous amount of change a ridiculous amount of pressure i know that we are a, a track and field centric uh show here the the only the best example i can give you is your four by one team is checked in they are walking down to their starting positions and someone can't run. You pull, anchor. Out, you pull somebody out the stands and we got to figure it out. <laughs> like, that's how ridiculous that situation was for those other girls. And they rallied and they performed and they executed and they came out with a silver medal. And it, that was, that was amazing. And I'm very, very proud. And, that, and let's call this what it is. That's the, the Jamaican four by one walking out on the track and both can't go. That's what that was. Yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That's what that was. yes. You lose both at the starting line. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, hey. And they're like, go get them. <laughs> yeah. Get a gold. Yeah. And so I, that for me, that, that was the single best thing that I've seen thus far. And I say seen because I had to watch it mostly on YouTube. Yeah. You need to pay for the Olympic channel. I have the Olympic channel. That's actually been good. <laughs> That's been good. You can't complain about the Olympic channel. 624 has been rock solid. For DirecTV, for reference. Yeah. DirecTV 624. Um, I'm going to add two. The, the first two gold medals for the Philippines and then for, is it Tanisha, the gentleman, the 18-year-old swimmer? Yeah. So I thought yes. I think that was awesome um, to see oh, yeah, the delight. Great. So and then I read this today. Uh, the young woman Diaz for the Philippines is being awarded, gifted, however the verbiage has to be. I apologize for being wrong if it is. Um, the equivalent to six hundred and sixty six hundred sixty thousand dollars, which is like thirty three 
million uh, pesos in the Philippines and two homes, a vacation home and from a Chinese Filipino investor. And then the government's giving her a home as well. Well, so that is like, fire. You get it right. 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 And I was like, and you know, I mean, there's a big divide in their uh, socioeconomic construction structure, whatever you want to call it in the Philippines. But like she, she is being rewarded, like you said, right, correctly for what she's done for her country. So um, I think that is super awesome. And not to take that away from the, the young man from Tunisia, but I don't know what they did there. I haven't read that yet. A um, couple things. So Miss Lee Kiefer, the fencing individual foil winner, um, is in medical school. Yeah. So we know what that looks like, right? Because we've got and, one of those in medical school too. And, and see, this is my point. I shouldn't learn that from Marissa Chu on LLC. <laughs> right, right. Sorry, yeah. didn't learn that from you. Yeah. So I wa So they actually talked about it on, but I don't know. Okay, it's either two twenty or two forty two. I don't know which those channels are. I just, I just click seventeen, two twenty, two forty two, six three fifty five, six twenty four. <laughs> that's that. Literally, that has been my brain. Can you guys tell? I told you, I'm feeling Olympic today. I have been rocking through five channels regularly. Gotcha. Um, and then Miss Jolitic, I hope I'm saying that right. The young lady who won the gold in the um, taekwondo. The taekwondo. Uh, yeah, she is from Florida, from Largo, yeah. Florida. Not familiar, but it says that. Um, and she actually won the silver in the 2018 Summer Youth Olympics in the 49 kilogram, 49K weight class. So that's that's pretty cool. Did you say she was from Largo or Key Largo? Largo. Yes, that's right, that's right, that's down the channel. Oh, okay, got it. Lastly, not only is there team handball, I'm sorry, not, yeah, team, team handball, there is beach team handball. Oh, hold up. Serious. See? See, now you're hiding things from me because I haven't seen that, but I'm definitely going to search it, find it, and watch it repeatedly mm -hmm. because I'm, listen, please, everybody get closer to the screen and hear me when I say this to you. <laughs> if you watch one match of Team Handball, pick two teams, doesn't matter. If you watch one match, you will be hard-pressed to find a team sport that has got more action and is more compelling one way or the other. You don't know what's going on at first, of course, but I'm telling you, like there's shift changes. There's a whole lot of speed. There's, look, there's some physicality. There's a whole lot of skill. I can't imagine why anybody would want to be a goalie in this game. And as soon as you watch one, you'll understand. Because <laughs> it's like being like, hey, would you like to get hit with dodgeballs all day? Oh, if you can dodge a screwdriver, you can dodge Yeah, but, I mean, a good goalie blocks like two shots a game. Like it, it, it doesn't happen. So um, I, I'm telling you, if you watch Team Handball, you will be hooked. Per the Team USA head site, last thing and we'll move on. Uh, there's their men's legacy team was in the 1936 um, Olympics in Berlin. And then the women's legacy team is the 1975 world champion. Or I, okay, I guess that doesn't make sense. Women's legacy team is from the 1975 world championships in Moscow. Very interesting. Team USA, Team Handball, Google it. Like, I'm, I'm probably going to keep clicking when we're done here. So something anyhow, else you just learned is that there's a world championship for Team Handball. Right? Yeah. And there's a collegiate championship. Found that one out, too. And they have an AEC. So serious stuff if they got an AEC. So, <laughs> well, apparently. <laughs> Supposedly. Um, 
last but not least, something that uh, I don't know that we could not talk about. Um, and this isn't meant to be turning of the dial to make it serious or anything like that, but it is something definitely to be addressed. Um, Simone Biles and the announcement that she made just before competition and, and the floodgates that it opened up after, you know, wherever you sit on this fence, let's, let's hear the conversation, let's be open-minded um, and let's, let's put all things on the table. So Clyde, I see your hand first. Would you like to go first, sir? <laughs> uh, uh, sure. Like <clears throat> this is this is one of these issues. First of all, I'm a ridiculously huge Simone Biles fan. When this happened in in real time, it was it was shocking, and you know my my instinct was hard to process. And when I don't know how I feel about something, I usually decide to shut up and see how it plays and this is just one of those issues where the audience and all the ridiculously stupid things that i've been seeing all over the place have you know focused me on this but let, let's get a few things straight simone biles is the undisputed greatest ever gymnast period it's not even close I don't even know of another name to be entertained in the conversation. She has dominated this sport for a really long time. And the gap between her and everyone else she has dominated is so far gone that the sport itself has decided to not give her proper credit for her skill set, because if they did, it would be just holistically unfair to everybody else trying to compete. They would just have to hand her the gold medal when she walked in the room. So for somebody that decorated, that important, with that kind of resume, she doesn't owe us anything. She doesn't owe us an explanation, though she gave one. She doesn't owe us her time, her, like, if Simone Biles would have looked at these rule changes that they put in place and gave everybody the finger and walked out, she would have had that rightfully so. Like she owes us absolutely nothing. And it blows my mind the, the level of disrespect being shown to this young lady, who by the way is only 24 years old. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. It, and the, it's, just, it's just a level of ignorance that that's really hard for me to, to read and to see and to hear without my head exploding. One of, the, one of the things that I saw was like comparing, well, if athlete X did this in their sport, they would be treated this way. You know what? You're right about that. The difference is their life isn't actually on the line when they screw up, okay? This woman is flying through the air rotating her body and if one little thing is off she could literally break her neck so you know what if the goat isn't feeling like she's in the proper headspace to perform then the safe thing to do the only thing to do is to sit down and i'll i'll, I'll pause here with this i said a couple of weeks ago that the unique situation that Tokyo is for all of these athletes 
is going to cause different effects on different people. And we don't know how it's gonna play out. It is not wrong to say that the pressure that she was under, she crumbled under it. That's, that's a fact, she said that. If you follow Simone Biles, you know that her family and her normal support system has always been huge, right? They're not there. And it was too much for her. And you know what? That's okay. Her legacy is stamped. I will tolerate no Simone Biles slander. It is insane how ignorant people are, but it highlights how difficult these particular things are. These individual athletic endeavors in the Olympics are so much harder than playing NBA basketball, are so much harder than playing NFL football. It's not even funny. And the ignorance just, it's gotta stop. It's driving me crazy. I'll jump in here and I'll let, let Lamar finish this one. But I, oh, I'm going to say look, tremendous courage to, to stand up before the world, knowing you're going to be ridiculed, knowing you're going to be put down upon because you made a decision that was best for your mental and physical health. Right. And so kudos to you, Simone. And to the heck with the rest of you. You know, one of, one of our track and field alumni posted something on social media that said, for you people out there that are criticizing Simone and can't tie your shoes without bleeding hard, shut your mouth, supposed to Leave her alone, right? You have no idea what it takes to be at that level. You have no idea of all the work and the pride and the passion she put into becoming who she is. So as, as Clyde said, if you follow her at all and know anything about her, this was not easy for her. But kudos to you, Simone, for having the courage to stand up and go, look, I can't do this right now. And I'm, and I'm out. Um, I, I, this is not a humble brag, but it, I, I'm prouder of this moment now. I was able to meet Simone Biles to take a picture with her in, in 2016. And I was, I was taken aback by two things. One, at how actually small she is. And two, how ridiculously strong of a human physically and and uh, emotionally she is, right? Because at that point in time, she was like right in the middle of stamping her goatness and she was locked in, but still willing to take pictures and, and talk to little kids and do all those other wonderful things. Um, these games, as I guess if you think back, probably makes the most sense because of the extra year slash the shorter year. These games have been hardest on veterans and favorites. If you look at what's happened thus far, like the people who've had to carry the mantle, the, the mantle as favorite for an extra year, right? They're wearing that and it's tough. And the people who have been favorites for an extra year, that also is. And if you just look at it, like, I mean, Katie Ledecky and so on, right? Like, the, the favorites and the veterans have, have, you know, the balance of power is not, not in their favor. But I'll say this. What I find most enlightening is that Simone Biles deciding not to compete has brought out of the woodwork very many great female gymnasts, United States, gold medalists from the past 
who know they don't have her back because she's Simone. They have her back because they understand how hard what she has done is. None of them could have, and they've all said this. Like we found out today, Dominique, again, I told y'all, I've been locked into the Olympics. Dominique Mociano competed and won a gold medal with a spiral fracture in her tibia. Um, Carrie Shrug, who all of the, the nobodies want to compare her to, like, oh, well, Carrie Shrug, you know, ran and competed with, you know, a broken whatever. Like, yeah. And you know what everybody in the gymnastics world is saying? That was criminal child abuse, not bravery. And so what is really happening is athletes, Simone Biles, uh, Naomi Osaka, are bringing to light a reality, which is social media has been being used by people to create their platforms, but their platform, although it does give you added access to these people, to use the words that Clyde used earlier that I think are absolutely perfect, that doesn't mean that they now owe you something, right? Like if you send, if you shoot a, a, a tweet at Simone Biles and then she likes it or she acts it or whatever it is, right? That don't mean y'all are friends and that don't mean that she owes you anything, right? And so now when she's talking about her life, she's talking about having the way where the weight of an entire country, right? And, and, and you don't know what that means and you think she owes you a gold medal, like you've lost your mind. Having been an Olympian, having been a medal favorite, and having win, gone through that, I can tell you people for sure think like that. You know, I'm going to share a story. On the way home from the Olympics, uh, the stewardess was like super duper excited to find out that I had been in the Olympics coming from Australia. And she and a couple other people gather around and they asked me a series of questions. Question one, what, what, number one was, how was the Olympics and opening ceremonies? Softball, super easy, blah, blah, blah. And then it was, well, did you win a medal? Why, yes, I did. But I know the next question's coming and I count to three and before I get to three, here it comes. Well, did you win gold? And I say, no, I won the bronze medal. And then here it comes, here it comes folks. Oh, well, that's not that bad. Well, at least you won a medal. Hmm. <laughs> Says stewardess who can't win best stewardess on this flight. Right? Like, and at the end of the day, I'm not trying to be mean. It's, it's the country we live in. I've said this to, to big league on multiple occasions. Look, I, I competed in the 96 Olympics where in Atlanta there were billboards that said second place was the first loser during the Olympics. Right? And so, like, look, our country's got it all askew. At the end of the day, all medals are awesome. All Olympians are awesome. And they need to be respected and honored. And then they shouldn't be punching bags for like what they didn't get done for the country. Well, what have you done for the country, right? Like Diana Tarazi and her crew, like they, they came out like lackluster against Nigeria. They ended up beating them by 12. They won their 50th straight Olympic basketball game. And they had to like deal with media scrutiny about how they, you know, their performance was uneven. I'm sorry. So now we owe you blowout wins too. I told you how I feel about the U.S. men's team. Like they're going to win. 
But I promise you, if they don't win by 50 in all the rest of the games, like the 92 team did, they're going to face scrutiny. And they go, oh, it didn't look like they were serious. And it's like, look, man, like, look, hey, the world is competing too, right? These things are not easy. And, and I think that, look, it's really, as a Simone Biles fan, like it's hard to accept the fact that she's not going to compete. Uh, hey, spoiler alert, she's not competing in the, in the individual all around either. Um, it, it's, it's hard to, to accept that as a fan of hers, but I'll be honest, look, knowing how hard it is to get to the Olympics and all the things she's done in her life, I'm 100% sure that that decision didn't come lightly. And if that's the decision that she and her team and her crew came to, like, look, we should all applaud it. But here's the part that nobody's paying attention to. Um, Clyde mentioned earlier, Simone not having her family and her normal support group is double fold. The only people that are around her are the people she completely does not trust. These are the people that were in charge of, of US gymnastics that let her and all of her teammates be sexually assaulted. That's right. These are the people she felt like she had to come back and combat for all of the future gymnasts behind her, right? So she's in a combative situation on a team. That's right. That's not, that's not hard. That's impossible. And so at the end of the day, like, look, I'm surprised to be honest. I'm somewhat surprised knowing now some of the backstories. I'm surprised we've gotten this far. We should all be excited about the fact that Simone Biles like put on a leotard and, and, and went to the games. Exactly. Because she, she could she could have shut it down, been in, been in Tokyo, being a commentator, making millions. That's right. She graced us with her presence. <laughs> right. That's, that's about yeah. as far like you should cheerlead that and leave it right there. Mm-hmm. And listen, I like Naomi Osaka too. Naomi Osaka had to step step away from the pro tennis tour for what she says is her mental health. She represents Japan, people. So I can only imagine the pressure on her to perform well in the Olympics. She didn't want to play Wimbledon, but she had to play in the Olympics. And you know what? And she lit the cauldron. Right. And she lit the cauldron. And you know what? It didn't go very well. She got bounced out the tournament. The the difference is when Naomi Osaka is playing tennis, her life is not on the line. You can't die playing tennis. You're you're mad because this girl didn't want to risk her life for your entertainment? Are you kidding me? Like it's beyond ridiculous, and and of course, um, I, I got to shout out the BFF. I've seen a lot of commentary. One of the absolute best things I saw. It pissed Tiana off enough that she stepped out there and wrote a blog. Tiana's <laughs> blog on this subject is awesome. Go to the website, read it. You know, from an Olympian who understands how this shit works. <laughs> like, it, like there's so many people that just need to go sit in the corner and shut up. Like, please, I, I yeah. can't, I can't. Well, it's just crazy, you know, from the outside looking in, not having any type of Olympic experience on my end, right? Um, I'm going to say this out loud, and, and if I ruffle your feathers out there, I, sorry, not sorry. The audacity that some of the track coaches have had oh, to open been- their mouth and been- say, <laughs> she quit, she's selfish, um, if your kid if you're, my assumption is your student athlete, if your student athlete did this to you, you wouldn't be acting this way. And I'm like, there's not even a linear direct, like anything to this at all. And if you feel that way, I hope you realize, or I hope that you one, 
don't have a daughter because you just opened that door. Like someone is going to be negligent to your kid. And I hope they aren't. But I, and I hope the consequences aren't as severe as what could have been for Simone Biles. But it's like, like for one second, just think about it that way, that at its simplicity, you know, your quote unquote daughter had enough intelligence, maturity, confidence in herself to say, I can't. That doesn't always happen, right? And then put it on top of what the real, somewhat real life situation is, is someone came to you and said, I'm not safe. I cannot move forward, you know? Okay, well, thank you. And then that's what it is. And, and one thing that hasn't been mentioned yet is if you follow the timeline, she has stated leading up to this event that she is not healthy. That's true. And it doesn't matter whether it's physically or mentally because those are one and the same. She has not been healthy and she has said it to everyone out loud during interviews. And unless you were paying attention to it or keen on it or like sensitive to it, whatever the word is that you want to use, you didn't hear it because she seemed like a martyr. She was doing what she needed to do for USA Gymnastics and Team USA Women's. Like, no, she was telling you all she was crying for help already. So, yeah. But kudos to everyone else. You know, they have told her, like, this medal is just as much for you as for us. And that just shows you what she's done for team, uh, for the gymnastics, women's gymnastics team. So, super awesome, super awesome. Um, well, that went pretty smooth for uh, Olympics 2021. <laughs> hey, let, let, from Japan, it went very smooth. I know, right? I'm not even going to lie. Um, let's, let's liven it up a little bit. Clyde, the rapid fire is aimed at you, sir. I'm going to have to get like a gun. No, I mean, not a gun gun, like a play cardboard <laughs> gun. <laughs> I mean, I am in Indiana, so. I'm sure I could go find one. Um, um, so, sir, are you your seatbelts on? You ready to go? Sure. All right. I know. Not not too thrilling on this one. It's the Olympics. <laughs> so, what is your favorite summer spot in the Bay? My favorite summer, winter, anytime spot in the Bay is the Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco. Yes. <clears throat> Especially at night. You just, if you don't know, you don't know. You. <laughs> yeah okay at your senior prom maybe your junior prom I don't know um were you suited in a three-piece suit a tux or none of the above well so why why <laughs> how did you come up with this question <laughs> okay so, so the only way for me to answer this is <laughs> with a picture with a picture with a picture not with a picture. <laughs> the only way for me to answer this is it's a two-part answer. The first one is which one? Because I went to 17 proms. Um and answer, <laughs> I went to 17 proms between my four years of high school and one when I was a freshman in college. I went to 17 proms. So which one? And then the answer to how I was dressed was I was dressed how the woman told me to dress. I dressed how my date told me to dress every time. Good job. Because at a prom, that's what you do. If your girl is happy, the night will go. <laughs> Man, be, be, being the pretty dude is that's hard work. Seven you know, Micah's watching. <laughs> Micah's watching. I said but the I'll pretty dude. So I'll say that. I'm talking to him. 
with the Nikos <laughs> world stuff. Michael's watching. <laughs> I feel like, and I don't know, because, you know, having only lived in California and Indiana at this point, I don't know if that's just a Bay thing. So please comment on this if this isn't. Like I went to junior and senior prom from freshman year to senior year. And like, there are people along the way who've been like, how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, in my own. That's eight. that's eight right there. I mean, yeah. And then multiple homecomings and whatnot. But like my own daughter's like, how'd you do that, mom? I was like, because they asked and they said, yes, I don't know. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> but anyways, okay, rapid fire, focus. Um, did you get your free Slurpee on 7-Eleven? No, I don't go to 7-Eleven. Se- Se- I'm not. <laughs> no, I don't go to 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven and Walmart are places I try to avoid at all costs. <laughs> oh, we're going to let that one just fizzle out to the audience to decipher for themselves. Um, have you ever rode a live animal? Yeah, um, I, I made the mistake of, of getting a horse <laughs> uh, one time. Uh, it didn't end well. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> so I had initially put horse, and I was like, no, I got to open this up. I got to see what live animals there might have been. Camel, tiger, I don't oh, know. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. I, um, I would like to, you know, I'd like to take a trip to Egypt and get on a camel. That seems like a much right. calmer experience. <laughs> I can rock with that. Shout out to the camels, right? But yeah, now the, the horse thing, I'm not built for that. Oh, I love it. It'll be right next to 7-Eleven. Um, if it's appropriate to tell us, what is on your phone home screen? Duh, hold on. I mean, it's not a duh, sir. <laughs> That's why I had to qualify the statement or question. <laughs> I'm just wondering which, which picture it is of her. Oh, I got it. Not, oh, it's the, the book cover? It's the book cover. It's, there it is. Yes. Okay. There you go. Yeah, it's the book cover. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, being a Bay native, have you ever been to KML Summer Jam? Oh, yeah. But listen, some, Summer Jam shenanigans were uh, a, a rite of passage. Right. <laughs> and you know, the, the youth of today does not understand what they have, what they have missed. Uh, that they need to bring that back uh, mm-hmm. I, and Chu, I, I won't go into this but maybe you were there I was at the infamous KML summer jam when digital underground uh, brought some dancers on the stage Ooh. That. Ooh. <laughs> that's that's really funny Ooh. <laughs> um and lastly before COVID um are you a movie theater person or a like in-home movie person oh Pre-COVID, movie theaters all day. Like I will, I go to the movies by myself often. Pre-COVID, <laughs> is, I'm a movie fanatic. That is my thing. Very few people can go to the movies with me because I don't want to talk. Like sit there, shut up, and focus. Like, I, want, I want my movie experience. So yeah, now I'm, 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 I've been known to separate myself from people in a movie theater. I love so, it. If you, <laughs> Don't open your candy too loud. Don't open it at the wrong time. None no, of that. Your own snacks that are quiet. <laughs> I done, I done snuck enchiladas, lasagna into movie theaters. Listen, I'm sure this ain't even legal. I've decided to have a movie day. Went to one movie and then jumped to three others. <laughs> at the end, like I watched three in a day. <laughs> yeah, I've it. definitely That's done cool. that, and it's definitely illegal. 
<laughs> oh my goodness, you have survived. But my questions yes. now for the other two tiles, open season. So I I was uh, perusing, cruising, whatever, looking through some stuff. What, what what was your most memorable collegiate race? <laughs> so my most memorable collegiate race is easily the UCLA USC dual meet at UCLA's campus when I beat Ryan Wilson in a race that I shouldn't have beat him in because at that time he was number one in the country. And I pissed off Ron Alice so much he came out on the track talking noise to me and there were some antics. And then I grabbed the microphone and made a speech. It was a whole, it was a whole show. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. No, that night, listen, the law, this is rapid fire. There's a longer version of that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stop right there. <laughs> Woo. I, see, I, I tend to forget the wow. GM pack eight or whatever it was. I was, I was looking for an SEC slant on that, but we'll stop right there. Because that was the pack 12. No, 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 I'm good. <laughs> Lamar, what is I your question? I can give you a quick SEC. Uh, quick SEC. No, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Show the hurdle record. Really. Yeah, thank you. That's what I was looking for. Right? <laughs> Show the hurdle national record. You still hold it. Oh, oh my goodness! And you know, I took. A, so he said that because he knows I took a lot of shots and everything. Just couldn't get there. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> now, now, yeah, no, yeah. This is this is no longer like if you look at the all top, you know, the all, all the all time list is like the, the top ten. There's like five Florida entries. <laughs> we just couldn't get there. And, and look, quick, quick, you know, point of uh, clarity for the audience. Quick fun fact: since I'm on rapid fire, my team. Bro, set the collegiate record in the shuttle hurdles at South Carolina and my Academy of Art women's team set the women's shuttle hurdle record so I have it as an athlete and as a coach. That's a big flex. <laughs> That's right, right. That was, that, was, that was a bigger flex than the 17 proms. <laughs> I mean, that was like, hey, oh, you see Wait. it? We're just flexing all over the place tonight. Oh, yeah. Just take your shirt off. I didn't tell you. You know what I mean? So I got to have my fun. Oh, my I love it. Lamar, your turn, bud. Okay. So, of the sports that are being contested in the Olympics that you could still participate in, so like dressage, sailing, I'm trying to think some things you can do that still and be old. Shooting, right? Things of these nature, right? Which event that you could still physically compete in in the Olympics would you like to compete in if you could? I mean, I feel like you know you don't have to you don't have to travel that far. I feel like I could still play handball, so I'm I'm rocking with handball. I could take three steps, jump, and throw. I could still do that. I, you know, maybe I don't play the whole game. I, I, I knew I knew handball was coming. I knew handball. Was coming. Well, for yeah. the record, I, I think he was done looking a for archery or something, probably. But I, I knew handball. <laughs> I've done a little bit of research. The the U.S. Handball Association is actually on a mission to win a medal in 2028. Like it's stated on their on their deal. So yeah, I definitely won't be able to play at that time. That's the, the far. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, that's, that's eight, that's seven years from now. Yeah, no, no, I but I promise you, we can put together a team that will dominate. I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. When, when when COVID breaks and we get back to having like real conventions, I I we've all we've dominated the fades game for so long. I feel oh, like Lord. we could have a oh, we could have a handball tournament. I feel like we could do that. Oh my god! I see so one. many I injuries. Promise <laughs> you, I'm coming to watch that. And I'm bringing free training. <laughs> so many injuries. Hey, Otto, Alphabet Crew, whoever set it up. Yeah, right. Coach's handball. Alphabet Crew. <laughs> oh, man. I'll, I'll oh. get Sam on the horn right now to see if we can get that set up. That is hilarious. Yes. I love it. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Well, that was fun. That was fun. Um, let's round out the evening with um, our heartbeat props and see how we can uh, give some love to those who are out here to receive it. Anybody got one yeah, off the top I, of their head? I'll go first. This one's easy for me. Um, watching the diligence of the, the folks here in Japan um, to make sure that we're safe and we can have these games have been incredible. There were some complaints about the wait times and stuff like that coming to the airport. My life is worth three hours. I have no problem with that. It, it was it was it was seamless. Uh, it was it was great. And kudos to everybody concerned. And also, you know, big props to the folks at USA Track and Field who have been here on the ground um, for a week or two ahead of time to make sure that the USA athletes were safe. Because again, it's not just USA Track and Field. Let me say, let me say, this is the US OPC. You know, they've been phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. So shout out to all of those folks. Uh, you know, mine is a similar situation. Like there's a lot of people that have to put on the Olympics and a lot of people that have to be there at the Olympics to make the show happen that don't, they're not eligible for medals. Um, I, I actually made it a, a point for every Olympic team and every world championship team I was on to like meet and befriend, uh, at least one, uh, volunteer or official and kind of like hear their story. And I will just tell you, like, look, there are people who who came when I was in Rio. Um, there were people who came to be volunteers who came all the way from Canada, like just to volunteer. And so my heartbeat props go to all of the volunteers who <laughs> amidst COVID did all of the protocols and things necessary to go and do the most thankless job ever, which is, you know, helping to put on the Olympics, but with no fanfare. You know, they're still ushers. There are still people that have to, like the poor lady that had to try to keep the, the uh, Australian oh swim coach from, from flying over that little glass partition. I felt so bad for her. I know she went home and had a drink because <laughs> she was like, I did not sign up for this. This is not <laughs> what is supposed to happen. This man with the gold hair is crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> But, but people oh. like her, you know, who, look, they're risking life and limb to be there and do all the things they're doing and to make the Olympics happen. You know, the people who run the NBC trucks, right? Like there's, there's, there's just a whole army of people that, you know, that, that don't have Olympic moments. Like, and I just, I want to send my heartbeat props out to all of them. So mine is in that same, in that same slant. Uh, 
So, so, so we don't have to repeat ourselves. I'll, I'll take this angle on it. My heartbeat props goes out to Team NBC Athletics crew, the track and field crew, Otto Bolden and the crew. Okay. I'm waiting on the show. I got faith in y'all. I expect that that will be the best of the coverage um, because as far as I am concerned, that is the best team that, that we have out there. So I'm excited for that show to get started and, and they, they always do a good job. So I, I am you know, excited to see y'all on TV, just like all the athletes. So do your thing, NBC crew, let's get started. Um, mine is not Olympic related. Uh, it is more our, our day jobs related. Um, shout out to all the equipment managers and the product reps that are out there right now who are getting inundated with calls and mistakes and, well, we didn't get enough of these and we didn't get enough of that. And that was the wrong logo and all of that conversation. Um, thank you all for your kindness on the phone and yells when you hang up with us. Um, cause, uh, we know it's not always your fault, but you do always hear it. So, um, shout out to you all and for all of the managers who end up receiving and, and, uh, stocking and delivering these said goods to the respective parties. So, uh, thanks for what you do. And hopefully each person gets a little bit of love along the way. So, well, hey, Jen, why do I get this message? You yelled at, you yelled at somebody this I didn't. I actually didn't. But I realized that I did cut it a little bit short timing wise. Like, okay. how is it almost? I, I, I got the sense that you got after somebody. Like, hey, I appreciate you though. All right. No, I'm actually very nice to those people. I just didn't realize how close to August it was. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. My timeliness was not on cue. But um, this was a fun show. Fun show. And we'll have to like log the miles and see if we can ever, I don't know if we ever want to make it greater than this, but <laughs> see if we can ever beat this distance apart and whatnot. But thank you very much, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure as always. Sir Lucius, stay healhealthy, do work. 22s, 22s, if you know that reference, I love you. I just, I just got a, a, a T-Mo's message, the start lister up for day one, it's showtime. Ooh, Let's my go. heart! Literally, my heart rate just raised. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Starts awesome. with begins with the start list, and as soon as that first gun fires tomorrow in the the run in round, as we call them, right? Yeah. As soon as that goes, showtime. Yeah. Oh, and that's right. Like, it's Thursday for you. Oh, you only yeah. got one more day. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, tom uh, I, tomorrow morning this time, like six minutes from now, the first round of that. Yeah, so 24 hours and six minutes from now. If yeah. anybody needs to send a message to Sir Lucius, you better hurry up because <laughs> nothing happened <laughs> after 24 hours. Yeah, <laughs> so, give up with that. Right, yeah. right, figure it out. Well, gentlemen, have a great evening. Thank you so much. Be safe to everyone and enjoy these last days of what we call summer, whatever that means to you all. Have a good evening, everybody. Good night. When the lights come on, the road just get to running. When the lights come on, the opponents smash the plumbing. Heard you like it warm, hot knife the butter. Truth pin them hard, knock them off that rebuttal. Tsunami, tidal wave to your puddle.
tough love punch when arms, little brothers. Athletics double up, see it, there's no others. Track the field's pace and appeal to go further. Hey, Wiley, Coyote, it's Roadrunners. Feels like you know us, you've been with us the whole summer. If not for this quarantine, these four corners wouldn't be here, but we're here, so start learning. You gotta earn your stripes, gotta get your scars. Show you how to fight, but show us who you are. You lack experience, but still you wanna talk. And who is actually talking to your circle's kinda small. Heads prevail when the backbone's strong. Gotta keep it coming, no won't last long. Pass a failed and sell the sad song. And if you don't check yourself, then that's wrong. Just trying to give you the real that you asked for. So why you keep cutting us off to ask more? We put it in slow mode, but you fast forward. Athletics, devil, I'll see the task force.